Sometimes you just need a quick overview of the news. Other times you need a deeper understanding of what's going on. The Rundown Podcast has all of that, and it's Chicago-based, so you know what's up in your neighborhood and across town. Listen to The Rundown wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. A genre-bending, brightly colored graphic novel tackles the archetypes of origin, parents, and home, and in so doing, tests your perception of what's real. I know it tested mine. Now, the book is called Monica, and it's the work of Daniel Klaus. This is his first graphic novel in seven years. I started off by asking him how it feels to have this new book out in the world. Well, it's always it's always a little uncomfortable. You know, when I work when I work on these books, it's a very private thing, and I'm kind of just doing it for myself. And with every book, I think I think, well, this one is too uh, too personal, too like it, nobody else will understand it. So maybe I'll just like uh, you know print five copies and just give them out to my friends who know me really well. And you know, and then by the time I'm done, I think, well, okay, I guess I'll release it. But getting it out in the world, it's it's like you know, it's like sending a sending a toddler off to college or something <laughs> like you know putting a five-year-old on the subway by themselves you know it's like it's they're they're out in the world and and uh unprotected you know yeah. it feels uh, they feel like a, a child very much you know i think people who are super fans and who are very familiar with your previous work i'm talking about ghost world and eight ball They'd probably be surprised to hear you to hear you say that. Uh, but I wonder what you want to tell people uh, familiar with your work about this new book, about Monica. What should they know? I feel like the less they know, the better. I felt like the, the purest readers I had were ones who had absolutely no idea what the book was going to be, which was um, mostly my friends who knew I was like up here in my room for years working on this thing, but they had no idea even the title until I, you know, kind of, gave them the stack of artwork to read. And uh, I, I mean, the book is sort of designed for you to not know what it's about, not not know what's gonna happen. I mean, it's it, very basically, it's a cradle to grave story about one woman named Monica. And it's it's sort of the way she perceives her life from, from birth to possibly death. I don't wanna necessarily say that's the end. Yeah. No spoilers for sure. And yeah. well, let's let's we'll get more into the, the plot, Daniel. But I, I want to start by talking more about your drawing style. Right. I've seen it sure. described in, in a few different ways. And of course, uh, a lot of it really matches what I was seeing in this book. I've seen folks say, you know, it's simple, it's somber. Uh, they've talked about the surrealist imaginative aspect to it. Would you say that that's accurate? I mean, how would you describe your drawing style? I feel like if you can describe your drawing style, it's it's too much of a style. You know, you're it's you're sort of leaning into something that's possibly not pure. I mean, to me, the way I draw is really just the way I see the world, which is sort of filtered through old comics that I read when I was at a formative age, you know, two or three years old. Um, but also trying to just transcribe reality as a, as it exists in my head. You know, I, it, it, I'm gratified when people say the drawings are simple because they're, they're very, very complex 
to me, you know, they're, they're very thought out and I spend a lot of time uh, trying to clarify things and, and make them, uh, make every element in the drawing mm. uh, thing that matters, you know, something that you can, uh, you can get information out of, or maybe that links back to something else in the rest of the book. Um, so, so I'm glad people don't say, oh, it's too muddy or complicated or busy. Yeah, and, and this surrealist element that I was talking about in your work, the way that you, you dream up characters and, and sketch them, I'm thinking specifically back to uh, like a velvet glove cast in iron. Is is that coming from your own dreams? What inspires that? Yeah, yeah, I was I was trying to capture that feeling of a dream that that um that isn't you know it's 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 not the way if we were to make up a dream you can always tell but there's something about actual dreams they're um they're kind of divorced from from any of our filters you know there's no uh no super ego no morality laid on top of our dreams they just they just exist as pure impulses pure events um and so it's it, to get that across in a book is it's that you know the the image of carrying a you know a lit match through a wind tunnel you know that's that's really what i'm trying to preserve the feeling that i felt when i woke up the morning of of a dream and and uh you know had that uncanny feeling that i was not in reality mm. trying to trying to bring that through into the into the art and then therefore maybe the reader also picks up on I mentioned how it's been a few years since your last book, and we know that fans of all genres, they really clamor for more work from their favorite artists. So do you experience that pressure then to, to create? Yeah. At, at my age, I sort of feel like uh, that I just work as, as in a way that I that is not conducive to, you know, cranking out the books every few years. I, I also feel like um, like a lot of authors seem to have a book or two every year. And then I, I always feel like, you know, why don't you just hold off and do one great book instead of, you know, five pretty good books. So that that's been my impulse is to, and I've gotten slower as I've gotten older, you know, I've always, uh, I've always made things more difficult for myself. You know, I was, I always imagined I'd get older and I would simplify things and find techniques to make it so I could just sort of breeze through the, the books. And, and in fact, I've gotten more pleasure out of making it much more complicated than it really has to be and kind of going into the the deep recesses of the panels and, and getting everything out of it that I can. Mm -hmm. Well, critics are saying that Monica shows a, a level of maturity of the characters and in your creation and in your storytelling. So I think that that sort of goes hand in hand with what you were just talking about, really taking your time. And, and I, I'm curious what goes into creating a character in a graphic novel that goes beyond the surface. Yeah, it's an interesting process. Um, in, in this story, in this book, uh, the first story I drew of the character is, is her as from babyhood to four or five years old. And, the, the circumstances of her life at that time. And, and by doing that, I really felt like, um, like I had the basis for an actual human being. You know, I knew her, her kind of primal uh, uh, events in her life. And, and so as I was writing her, 
getting older, um, I had such a deep sense of the character. You know, it was it was like uh, um, like actually watching someone grow up, and, and it, I find that you know I can write characters um, with with ideas about what they are, but they never come alive until I figure out how they look. I have to draw mm. them and see how they move. And that a bit of that is beyond my control. You know, I try to make them look a certain way, but they they tend to become themselves. It's like the words and the pictures kind of merge in this way. That's uh, interesting. It's, yeah, it's a very mysterious kind of unconscious process. Let's go back to the plot. Uh, it, it delves into the question of, of how our parents shape us, you know, even when they're not physically present. Why do you sure. want to explore that theme? I, I had a very uh, kind of mysterious to me childhood growing up in Chicago. Um, my parents were divorced when I was very young and neither of them ever wanted to talk about those early years. And I kind of just grew up not thinking about it. And then, you know, having my own child, um, it made me, it made me, you know, kind of examine that period of my life. And um, I wanted to kind of capture the way it felt to be, to be, uh, you know, the child I was. And so through Monica, I kind of, it, none of the events that happened to her, are the same exact things that happened to me, but it felt very similar. And I wanted to just kind of explore that. And then during the process of making the book, my mother died in Chicago. And, mm. and I really was put in her position, Monica's position of trying to kind of piece together what, what her childhood had been like through um, very uh, random sources, almost like, a, you know, like an episode of Columbo or something where it's, you know, piecing together clues. Mm -hmm. um, and so it was, it, 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 the story and my life kind of merged into one at a certain point. I see. You, you mentioned the word busy earlier. Uh, when talking about some of your work. Um, I won't use the word busy, but I, I will say that this book is ever shifting, right? You know, from relationship to relationship in uh, in her early years, uh, sure. time periods. Um, it's a quest of information and of, of belonging. How'd you land on that format? Well, I, it's, uh, you know, that's that's the way we live our lives. You know, I wanted I wanted the book when it was done to feel uh, feel the way I feel at age 62, kind of looking back on my life where you just remember, you remember random events, you remember highlights, you remember, uh, you know, if you remember a person, it might only be, uh, it might be someone you knew for 10 years and you only remember three events with them. And I, I wanted it to have that feel where these kind of indelible events were, were, uh, were, um, you know, came to the fore and, and then there would be 20 years that just there's no mention of you know that that's not something you know that that comes into her head when she's recalling her life so daniel at one point monica joins a cult to to get information about her mother she's prepped for this and is ready when cult members ask her questions about why she's interested and at that point she says i know i belong do you think true belonging is possible that's a very good question. I mean, I, I think of this, this book in retrospect, you know, when, when I start a book, I'm not quite sure what it's about. And then it all kind of comes together as I'm working on it. And it felt like this book was, was about 
the the sort of the different kinds of aloneness that there are as, as opposed to loneliness because i'm not sure she's lonely but she's certainly separate and i think she has she has a longing for some kind of community or some kind of fellowship and um and the you know the that cult i think she goes into cynically but then she she kind of admires the the closeness that exists within this community before she realizes that it's um you know it's as or more dysfunctional than than the world at large so i think it's it's really you know me examining that concept through through her many relationships i talked about the fact that you grew up here right so tell us how this city shaped you in every way that's uh I grew up in Hyde Park, um, and uh, you know that was a very unique place to grow up. And it, it, it's the the world of uh, Monica's youth is uh, I don't explicitly name it as Hyde Park. I think of it as as maybe a, a very a similar neighborhoods in such as you know Berkeley or Santa Cruz, something like that. But it it's uh, it it. I felt, I feel, I grew up in, I was born in 1961 and I feel like I got to see a glimpse as a very young boy of the old world that Chicago was, you know, the sort of the, it, almost the world of, of the early 20th century was kind of still present at that time. And then everything shifted, uh, you know, in the, in, you know, the summer of love and, and that whole era of the late sixties, everything shifted so seismically that it it was um it was very jarring for, mm. a, for a kid who already lived in a very chaotic world the ending of the book that's also a cliffhanger right so we won't spoil it <laughs> we won't yeah. spoil it for folks uh i do yeah. want to ask you men though they're, they're mostly absent characters and yeah. uh, you know monica monica's mother is portrayed as a chaotic restless destroyer that shapes monica's life I'm curious about your decision to do that. You know, it's characters almost aren't a decision. You know, they they just emerge. You know, when I'm when I first began the book, I wanted to do a story about the character that Penny, that's Monica's mother. That was that was my first impulse for the book. And I thought, you know, who's who would narrate this story? I wanted there to be a, a narrator. And I thought, well, it should be the baby that Penny has. And then all of a sudden that baby became the main character. And it, it, it was almost like I didn't set out to do that. It just emerged in the, in the years I spent writing it. So in between the, uh, the long chapters with Monica, you include these self-contained narratives. Um, I admit, I, I was surprised at that move to insert these stories within Monica's story. And I was waiting for the, the characters to directly connect to her story. Uh, there's there's one critic in the Wall Street Journal who proposed that they might be Monica's writings, though. Is that accurate? And, and can you walk um, us through that? You know, I don't want, I, I don't like to reveal my intentions behind anything, you know, aside from what's in the book. But um, but yeah, that's that's mm. certainly thought. I mean, I want people to be able to read it. My, my goal was for people to finish the book, you know, just read it straight through. And then when they were done to be able to go back, sort of 
start over again and read it in a different order, trying to kind of piece everything together. And now, you know, mm -hmm. I'm, after it's since it's been out a month or so, I have people who've read it seven or eight times and they they say, oh, it finally came together for me. <laughs> so so uh, is that the know. goal? I like I, it. I'm, I'm always trying to create books that I would want to read. You know, that's whenever somebody asks me advice, what should I do? You know, how should I, it, what's a, your advice for an artist or a graphic novelist? I always just say, don't do something that you think other people do. Try to think of what would you most want to buy in the, in the comic book store and make that. And so that's, that's what I would like. I love books that where you feel confident in the author, you feel like they, um, that any extra scrutiny is going to be worth your time. You know, I love mm -hmm. movies that you have to watch three or four times yeah. and, and get more out of. Yeah. And, and every time you, you read the story, I mean, different things jump out at you, right? Which is great. It's like the gift that keeps on giving, I think. Yeah. If you, if you want it to be, you know, that it, I, I don't force that on everybody, but, but I do, uh, I do, uh, love that in, in other people's work. Well, what's next for you? Uh, um, I've got some ideas. I'm still, you know, I'm still sort of in the world of Monica until, uh, um, you know, I'm done talking about it. And when I'm still talking about a book, it's still kind of living in my head. You know, I'm, I, I am imagining even more things that, you know, that are in the world of Monica that I'd never thought about before. So I need to, I need to, you know, clear her out of my brain and, and refocus. But I, I have notebooks filled with ideas, some, you know, 30 or 40 years old. Some of some of the ideas in Monica are, are from when I was a teenager, you know. So wow. Takes them forever to, to reach fruition. But it's worth the wait for sure. Oh, thank you. That's graphic novelist Daniel Klaus. His latest graphic novel, Monica, is out right now. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Sasha. Such a pleasure. Great. That episode of the Reset Podcast was produced by Linnea Dominic and edited by Brenda Ruiz and Dan Tucker. Just because this pod is over doesn't mean the conversation is. We love to hear from you. Send us a message by emailing reset at wbez.org. Leave us a voicemail at 888-915-9945 or sign up for our newsletter at wbez.org slash reset news. That's all for now. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We'll meet again soon. At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts.